I'm your co-host, Adrian. I'm Thomas. And I'm Zach. Uh, so, uh, it's been a while since we physically recorded because you guys have bought a house, moved, been I'm... adults. Um, we've released... When did that happen? I know, right? We're over 30 and we don't know what the hell we're doing with our lives. Uh, so... I speak for myself on that one. No judgment. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so we've got some new episodes to release, uh, and then we'll get back to kind of our normal schedule. It's been a bit off a little bit. So what are we talking about monster-wise today? Today we are talking about the Rider. This is on page 120 of the Monster Manual. I feel like they could have changed it to the Splider. Of, no, what's the movie called? I mean they did because this is a drow that becomes a spider, Dry. so it's a drider. Uh, so it's really clever naming convention uh, they got going here. Yeah, no, absolutely it? not. No. No. <laughs> no. So when a drow shows great promise, Lolf summons it to the Demon Web Pits, which is a really fun name. I really want to go to the Demon Web Pits. I'm all about this. Our, our bar after that. Okay, that's a good bar name. I love it. That's the ball pit of McDonald's. I don't know what you're talking about. X. All right, Lolf summons the drow to the demon web pits for a test of faith and strength. Those that pass the test rise higher in the spider queen's favor. Those that fell are transformed into driders. A horrid hybrid of drow and a giant spider that serves as a living reminder of Lolf's power. So this is the failed drows. These are the ones that she says, I think you're good enough, let's see it. And then they're, like, not actually good enough, so it's kind of her fault. They but have performance still, anxiety. Yeah, and then they fail and they become the spider drow hybrid. I, I feel like this test isn't an accurate perf- measurement of my, my abilities. I mean, I'm sure the drow is saying that. I don't know. Does not describe the tests. Faith and strength. It's the so. SAT, and if it fails, it turns into this. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry, your Sorry, essay you wasn't a... good enough. You get spider legs now. And a bulbous butt. Big bulbous butt. Um, only drow can be turned into driders, and the power to create these creatures resides with Lolf alone. So if one of these guys shows up, Lolf made it. That's 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 the only place it can come from. Um Drow transformed into driders return to the material plane as twisted and debased creatures. Driven by madness, they disappear into the Underdark to become hermits and hunters, either wandering alone or leading packs of giant spiders. So they are pretty upset about their failed tests and their horrid punishment, and then they go back to the material plane, and they just... Be sad about it, I guess. I mean, they get a horde of spiders together. They'd be mad about it. Spider farmers. Gross. Um, On rare occasion, a drider returns to the fringes of drow society despite its curse, most often to fulfill some long-standing vow or vendetta from its former life. Drow fear and shun the driders, holding them in lower esteem than slaves. However, they tolerate the presence of these creatures as living representatives of Loth's will, and a reminder of the fate that awaits all those who fail the Spider Queen. So. Oh, they're outcasts. No oh no, poor buddies. Imagine, like, going in like you're powerful enough to be the best, and then you come out a sad, dejected spider society hates. 
He's like, you're pretty good, but not good enough. And I'm going to punish you for not being super good. Good enough. But if you'd always just been bad, she never would have summoned you in the first place, and you would have been fine. Yeah, right. That just... Expectations. That's like management, micromanagement 101. Like, just avoid contacts, and no one will punish you. Strive for mediocrity. Hell yeah. That's what I'm learning right here. Strive for mediocrity. (laughs) Medium pay, mediocrity behavior. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. So the Drider is a large monstrosity. And it is chaotic evil. Um, None of that is a surprise. It has an armor class of 19, which is natural armor. It has 123 hit points, 13d10 plus 52. That's some weird math, but okay. Um, A speed of 30 feet and a climb of 30 feet. So, still a spider. Um... It has a strength of 16, a dex of 16, a con of 18, an intelligence of 13, a wisdom of 14, and a charisma of 12. So it's it's hardy, hardy with that strong constitution, and kind of strong and kind of dexterous. Um, you would think eight legs, you would either be hella dexterous or not at all. It's like, yeah. I feel like there's no middle ground with eight legs. Yeah. But I mean, if they weren't no, born with pretty, it, pretty dishes. If they weren't, but born they're not with those born eight with legs. It. Maybe they're like a little clumsy on it. Like a new drider comes out of like the co- they don't come out of cocoon, but like an egg and just like really fucked up. Like when you watch a giraffe walk when it drops out of its mother's cooch, right? <laughs> oh right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> just slam it. It has to cute. walk in eight legs. I have to imagine this isn't that cute though. Also, Probably also, not. they have eight legs, but then they still have their two arms, so not technically spider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking centaur, but with spider behind. God damn, that's terrifying. Spider-ass yeah. centaurs? No, thank you. Yeah, it's a, literally a spider, but where its head is, is like a full torso and arms and head. Nope. No, thank you. It's not great. Well, like hey, hey, it doesn't have it doesn't have fangs and it doesn't have more than two eyes. So that's a slight improvement. Yeah, I actually think it may be an improvement over regular spiders. I don't know. Check that action. What does it do? It does a lot of things. Yeah. It, it still has... has boobs. <laughs> Shut it up. has boobs? But it also has I mean, it bite. can. Yeah, I mean it is a drow. It can have boobs. I don't know why that's yeah. relevant. Sorry, carry on. I'm Where are we saying. at now? So, skills. It has plus five to perception, plus nine to stealth. They stealthy bitches. Mm-hmm. Um, 120 feet of dark vision, passive perception of 15. Speaks elvish and undercommon, and is a challenge rating of six. So, not too bad. Um... They are of fey ancestry, so the drider has advantage on saving throws against being charmed, and magic can't put it to sleep. It is an innate spellcaster. Uh, its spellcasting ability is Wisdom, with a spell save DC 13. The drider can innately cast the following spells, requiring no material components. Uh, dancing lights at will, and once a day it can cast darkness and fairy fire. Hmm. Um, it has spider climb, because it's mostly spider. Surprise. Um, so it can climb difficult surfaces, including upside down on ceilings without needing to make an ability check. It is sensitive to sunlight, so it has disadvantage on attack rolls. 
and wisdom checks that rely on sight when it's in sunlight. And it is a web walker, so it ignores movement restrictions caused by webbing. So that's all its features. As far as actions, it gets multi-attack. It's got three attacks with its long sword or a long bow. And it can replace one of those with a bite. So it doesn't have fangs, but it still bites somehow. It uses regular kink. teeth from its mouth. Just like, just regular drow teeth? Yep. Just like humanoid teeth? It's humanoid teeth with, I guess, fangs now, because it's got poison yeah. damage. It does. Plus six to hit. Five foot reach on one creature. It's 1d4 piercing damage plus nine. Or plus 2d8 poison damage. Yep. Cooper. So I guess maybe those like front two legs like stabby stabby and that's its fight. I don't know. Um, it also has a long sword. There would be more range on it if that that's... was the case. Okay. Well, I don't want to imagine this drow biting things with his humanoid teeth because that's fucking weird. But and maybe it does half fangs. Don't 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 yuck his yum. Okay. I'm guessing it has fangs. It's not smiling. I can't tell. Um, it's got a long sword attack, plus six to hit, reach of five, one target, one d8 plus three slashing damage, and plus bigger than that if it uses both hands. And then it has a long bow, which is a ranged weapon. Wait, oh god, I can't talk. A ranged weapon. Waged, <laughs> waged <laughs> weapon. Be on me, so I shall shoot you from a far range. <laughs> I mean, it is. Uh, range of 150 slash 600? What does the 600 mean? Uh, like, disadvantage? So it's, it's disadvantage beyond 600 feet. Yep. But that's okay. a heck of a way. That's a long way away. It's a long six... bow for long shots. Yeah. Plus 6 to hit, 1d8 plus 3 piercing damage, plus 1d8 poison damage. So even the bow does poison damage. Just exudes it. The sword don't though, so I think the sword feels left out. I feel like if he made poison though, you could just probably like lick it or something, and maybe I know. Like, why doesn't the sword also get to do? Yeah, you know, the real irony is he named his sword Fang. Mm, That's not good. (laughs) (laughs) It's the only non-poisonous thing. Isn't that from a book? Yeah, there is definitely a sword named Fang somewhere. So I don't in every fantasy that. series, I'm sure there's a sword named Fang. If not, it's a dagger. Oh, but, some, but something Thomas made me read at some point had it. Now I can't remember what. He makes me read stuff, guys. Like, you used to like it. <laughs> I do like it. Um, there was also a variant of the Drider that is a spellcasting variant. Oh. Um, so... Driders that were once drow spell spellcasters might retain their ability to cast spells. Such driders typically have a higher spellcasting ability, 15 or 16, compared to other driders. And it gains the spellcasting trait. Um, a drider that was a drow divine spellcaster could have a wisdom of 16 in spellcasting traits as follows. Um, the drider is a 7th level spellcaster. Its ability is Wisdom, um, and it has the following spells from the Cleric list. So, Cantrips at Will, Poison Spray, and Thaumaturgy. Um, first level, Bane, Detect Magic and Sanctuary. Second level, Hold Person in Silence. 
third level clairvoyance and dispel magic, and fourth level divination and freedom of movement. Mm. There's a lot of slots, too. So, spellcasters seem fun. I feel like they should have their own, like, CR, but I guess not. I don't know. Probably about six still. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You ready to figure out how we use this to murder um, our enemies and or create a story? Because it's not how all about gonna, murder. How are you going to murder your party? I wouldn't say murder the party. How I would present a challenge. It's not all uh-huh. about murdering the party. So I think the way you kind of want to approach this is, one, Lolf should definitely be a part of your campaign. If the Spider Queen is not in your campaign, this would be a very weird thing to bring out. And clearly it has to be in the Underdark, so you know where your settings are supposed to be. Underdark, Lolf, all that jazz. Um, so, but, Underdark is material plane, right? Yes, it is. It's just okay. underground is pretty much all it is. If it's a large gotcha. underground system, it's the Underdark. Pretty much. Gotcha. Okay. I've just been slightly unclear about that. Oh, no. No worries. So, uh, the Underdark is where you'd probably find this creature being all broody and shit. Um, I think you could kind of approach it as, like, one, I feel like it's evil because it's a failure. Like, that should be a focus of this character's motivation or this enemy's motivation is because it's the loser. It went in to be high and mighty, and now it's an outcast. And I think that would be some a very interesting angle for a drider of, like, ooh, I was the chosen one with my brothers and sisters, but now I'm an idiot who has a spider body but can't even make webs. What's up with that? Why don't they get webs? They can walk on webs, but they can't produce webs. That's why he's got to have pet spiders. Pet spiders, yep. So I can see this as somebody who is, one, by themselves only in the Underdark. Like, they clearly don't socialize with the other drow because they've been blacklisted essentially by their own community because they're assholes or uh probably with a few spiders you add as many giant spiders as you need to depending on the challenge rating you're going for as a dm uh but i would definitely have this creature it has dark vision from 120 feet this creature is definitely going to be in the top of a cave at 120 feet like that's where it should be it should be hiding at the top waiting for something to happen I would use this as a sniper to begin with. And this would be a really fun yeah. interaction where they're they're getting hit with these arrows from places and then the spiders attack or however you want to do it where the creature on top is hitting them quickly where they can't really see them. And if it's dark enough, they can't see very well. Uh, alternatively, one, they can cast darkness on themselves. So the only downside is they can't see out of that. So it's a good place to hide if they need to. That's a good way to be like, ooh, I'm spotted. I'll use darkness. Cooper, no. And then um, <laughs> the fairy fire would be good with their in close combat. Um, this is something that you would kind of pop out to make sure everybody in that area is uh, well illuminated. You, For those who aren't familiar with fairy fire, it has a 60-foot range, so the creature could get within 60 feet of the party and blast it with a spell. Uh, it is a 10-foot uh, radius. Oh, excuse me. No. What is it? 20-foot cube. It's a big-ass cube. Uh, and any creature inside of it that fails the dexterity save glows and is uh, has, disadvantage, or has an advantage of attacks against it, and it can no longer turn invisible. So if this creature blasts that down and hits the party and then climbs up with its movement then it has the ability to kind of take pot shots on the party from a height that they can't see, and it has advantage on them. So that's how I would use this creature. 
you hit him with fairy fire, you climb up, and you start taking shots while your little spider army goes in and starts attacking them on the ground level. That's evil. That's right my there. job. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, with that, so I think... so good at it. Nah, I try. Uh, so, with that one, I see it's a very good opportunity to take those shots at a different... At a distance. Um, it doesn't look like there's a poison effect. If you're working with higher level characters, this would be a really good time to maybe cut some of the spiders back and throw in the poison condition, especially since these creatures are capable of producing it. And that's an opportunity to like, ooh, you have a condition now. This is a challenge you have to overcome. Motherfucker. So, uh, yeah, apparently if I don't throw it fast enough, he's a dick about it. So, uh, dancing lights, I, I don't know why, it just light under the cave. It should be interesting. I would use that as kind of a so as the evil bastard that I am dancing lights would be used to lure the party into a larger cave. So if they are um, uh, if they're like kind of off a path and you want to take them to a larger cavern inside this cave system just little flickering lights show up in a chain and lead them towards you and then when they finally Mm -hmm. enter fairy fire run to the top start shooting them down. Um it should be an Very interesting. Devious. Yeah, if for some reason I think it would be an interesting dynamic if they actually had a drow person with them. Not all drow have to be evil. Don't be stereotypical. But if they had a drow <laughs> with him who witnessed this, that would be like, oh, well, now we know what happened to Yimothy, who went off to the dark <laughs> spider pits of hell, came back as a drider. He's an asshole, and this is what his fate is. So loser. And so there's kind of an opportunity to kind of mock him for that. Um, other than that, yeah, this is a very interesting creature. Solitary, so don't, like, put six of them together. That'd be weird. There might be a chance for multiple driders. Like, maybe they're in a cave system and they come across a drider society of all the rejects. Uh, that's an opportunity. They're still chaotic evil by nature, so it wouldn't stop them from just, like, poking you full of arrows and poisoning you as quickly as they can. So, no, just... thank you. They'd have a, you wouldn't come across a mated couple of them. I making don't, more baby dieters. Actually, that's not how dieters come. Yep, I don't know. Like they, they're clearly made by Lolf. I was like, I don't. The catch-all question of this podcast is how do they fuck? And I don't yes. think that's really important because they're not. I don't know. They're made by Lolf, so I don't think they can sexually reproduce or asexually reproduce either. So I think they're just kind of doomed to die as a spider. I wonder. But if you do kill them, I'm sure they collapse in on themselves like regular spiders too. They curl up. With all the hydraulic pressure that drives their legs. Alright, so, what magic item you got for us? We have the animated shield. It's on page 151 of the Dungeon Master's Guide. And yes, that flipping back and forth was me closing the book to remember what the title of it was. Every time. Every time. (laughs) Every time. Never changes. Monster Manual, I got that down. But Dungeon Master's Guide... I always remember it as DMG, like damage from the book. And so DMG, Uh, Dungeon Master's Guide. The damage book. The damage book. Although the monster manual should probably be the damage book because that's how you hurt people. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. All right. So Animated Shield, 151, DM's Guide. Uh, It's armor. It's a shield. And then it's very rare and it requires attunement. So while holding the shield, you can speak its command word as a bonus action to cause it to animate. The shield leaps into the air and hovers in your space to protect you as if you were wielding it, leaving your hands free. Air shield. Heck yeah. It's an air shield. 
Did I interrupt you? Hover yeah, shield. A little bit. <laughs> Hover shield. Can I ride it, though, is the question. I don't think so. Uh, you can uh, certainly try Leaving it. my hand... Yeah. So the shield remains animated for one minute until you use a bonus action to end this effect, or until you are incapacitated or die, at which point the shield falls to the ground or into your hand if you have a free one. So you pass out and it just, like, lands back in your hand. That's fun. Right? Well, if you passed out, your hands are free, I guess. I mean, not if you're holding two weapons. True. Or a two-handed weapon. Yeah. I want this weapon. Or the shield. I want him so bad. This is, this is a great paladin tool, guys. Are you do do you dual wield a lot? No, I don't dual wield because I have to hold a shield because a shield lets me do my protection trait. But if I didn't need to hold my shield, ah. then I could open uh, up so many possibilities. So many possibilities. I don't actually know if that's how it works, but that's how it'd work in my mind. I like it. That's a handy shield. What is the bonus it gives? A plus two to AC, right? It does not it doesn't say. say. I it's, figure it's a re- it's a regular shield, but you just don't have to hold it in your hand. I, yeah, general shields give a plus two to AC, so that's very handy if you don't want to hold things. Which yeah, or if you if want you to hold want a to lot hold of things. things. Yeah, and like, it, like it, to... yeah, if you want to hold extra things, like uh, I would say that'd be also pretty useful for a range character. So there's just a shield hovering around them, and they get the plus two bonus to AC while they're shooting things. Yes. Plus some extra yes. cover. Mm, beautiful. Very difficult to hit. Kick her ass. Yes. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the rule of cool, which is Tell as it says. Tell me about the rule of cool. The rule of cool. What do you know about being cool? I, as the dungeon master for over 10 years, I could tell you I'm A the coolest person you've ever met. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Or sometimes you can talk like this and be the coolest guy. This is a great NPC voice if you really want to make your characters hate you. Uh, so, um, yeah, rule of cool. <laughs> and is, hate yourself after and, a while. Yeah, too. after a while. And there's so much spit for that voice. It's real bad. Uh, so rule of cool is kind of a flavorful tact on that you, something you could do within your games of just like, hey, um, that seems well without within well outside of the realm of possibility however that sounds awesome it's essentially if your players are saying i want to try this so think of the um think of like jack sparrow like he flies across that chandelier right it's weird in one of the pirate movies i don't remember it's been a while but he he grabs the line of a chandelier cuts it and then the chandelier falls on the enemies and he swings across yeah that's not a common check, right? Like, that's that's some weird things going on. I'm sure you could call it a grapple and attack roll and all that jazz. But I, you could yeah. simplify it. Or you like, could argue that it would just fall out of the ceiling and that it wouldn't lift up a human body. But. Yeah. Or if it didn't fall out of the ceiling, it just hung there. And he's equivalent weight and chandelier. Who knows? That's how balances work, right? So uh, the rule of cool is that you're you're not saying something that has a direct skill applied to it or it might take a little finagling to get that skill to apply to it and you're like roll for it let's see what happens um i think it's important to note that and this is something that a lot of people really don't like to hear crits don't mean it happens crits only count in combat 
So if you roll a natural 20 in combat, yeah, you're going to hit regardless. That's the rule of combat. If the creature has an AC of 25 and you have a plus 4, you're never going to be able to hit it. Unless you roll a 20, then that automatically counts as a hit. That is how critical hits work in combat in D&D 5e. But a 20 in ability scores, a natural 20 on a roll, doesn't mean a success. There's still a DC set which is the difficulty challenge uh, that you're going against. And if it's 30 and you still only have a plus four, you haven't met the requirement to unlock it. I know a lot of players are going to hate hearing this, but crits only count in combat. Remember that crits in yes. combat. That's it. So they also don't count for initiative, which I think that has come up. I've heard come up before. Oh, like, that if you, you roll a 20 on initiative, you don't automatically go first. I've never... Uh, that's a good point. Like, I agree with that. I've never heard anybody... You just total the number up. Cool, you rolled the highest number. Good job. But if you still have a plus one and the party member row goes to 15 with a plus seven, you're still not first. Like, that's math, baby. So, uh, going through that, rule of cool is like, yeah, you're going to try it. That's cool. Rule of cool means they have a chance to do it in my book. Like, there is a chance, like, I'm going to say I do this. And if it doesn't impact the mechanics of the game whatsoever i normally say roll for it to see how cool it is otherwise you might accomplish it you might not so like if somebody says something completely wild i'll be like sure like a lot of people will say like i hold a cantrip to glow something in my hand right that's a weird thing to do technically that takes an action if you were to do that every six seconds you have to conjure a globe of light or conjure flame or whatever rule of cool is like i hold it in my palm to glow it cool that's a good use of that spell why not or you could, i don't know actually start a bonfire with it whatever's easier but rule of cool is just give that a good application if it feels like it's going to improve the story have them roll for it to see if their odds are there give them a chance to roll with a skill that actually matches what they're doing if they're real dexterous and they're going to try to slide their way across a chandelier cool give them an athletics check that's a cool way to do it but that's the focus is you give them a play, chance to kind of flavor their own story with something interesting and you and the players should in that case try to describe what happens together the player says what they do they roll you give them the outcome and flavor it based off of the role that they've accomplished right because in the end your group storytelling it is yeah you're coming up with a fun story but Yeah. yeah with that's got some rules yeah there's math involved so you know there's rules so um right yeah uh well with that because that yeah because there's math everybody loves math uh i'm hoping in the future we can actually reveal so we're we're gonna i'm gonna preface it now and i want you guys to hold me to it i'm gonna run a monster next episode i'm gonna tell you a monster Uh, and i want y'all to tell me how you're doing it because i will have the new book for mordekanen's um something another i should know the name of it i ordered it i it's not tomophos it's not tomophos we got that one um morna canaan's menagerie of monsters i believe Uh, so we're gonna you're you're gonna tell us about some new monsters and we'll get to come up with scenarios i'm gonna give you all a monster and then the same thing i'm gonna do is i think this actually kind of builds on what could be kind of the next version of D D from what i've been told or what i've read online so i want to see like what are the differences between a stat block here and a stat block there and so we'll cover that on our next episode because by then the book will arrive Woo-hoo. Ooh. Ooh. Monsters of the Multiverse. Excuse me. Mordekainen presents Monsters of the Multiverse. So we'll cover that because it will arrive tomorrow as of this recording. So May 17th. So so uh, Dungeons and Dragons is teaming up with Marvel. 
All right. Multiverse. Yes. Um, Doctor Strange is probably in there. I haven't seen the new movie. No spoilers. So we haven't either. It's fine. Either. We don't watch movies. Movie theaters still creep me out to this day from COVID, and I don't know. I movie theaters always creeped me out. They're very dirty places. I never like. You worked at one. That's true. Having yeah. No. That's I have what, my reasons. That's what Disney Plus is for, so you can watch it at home in a few months. Yep. All right. Anything else before we wrap up the episode? No. All right. So. Was it the voice I used that you shook your head at? What was going on there? Well, you did a weird voice, so that I responded with a, with weird, a weird voice. voice? I, think he was, I think he was eyeing my weird voice more than your weird voice. I just don't think it clicked with him. Give us a weird voice as you okay. say goodbye. Y'all okay. say bye. 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 Bye.